The show you're about to listen to is very old and comes with a warning. When we recorded these shows over a decade ago, the world was a different place and we were little more than children. As a result of this, you might hear a few things that by today's standards, we judge to be inappropriate or offensive. Please don't be offended. In the years that have passed since recording these shows, we've all grown up to be wonderful, loving, liberal, free-thinking, open-minded individuals. If the us from over a decade ago say something to upset the you of today, please understand that we're as disgusted with ourselves as you are. But isn't this what life is all about? Learning and growing? We all said and did things in our younger days that make us cringe when we think about them. We just recorded it and put it out on the internet. With all that in mind, I hope you enjoy the show. Oh, and there's just one more thing. Don't email the show or try to enter competitions. We don't have that email anymore and all the competitions are over. We do have a Facebook group where you're very welcome to discuss any aspects of the podcast. Please visit simplysyndicated.com for more information. This week we're looking at the trilogy of classics that are Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Ooh. I'm Alison Downing. I'm Richard Smith. I'm Craig Bevan. And I'm Mike Dawson. Yeah, you asked for it, you got it. Again. Okay. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Let's put a little bit of history on this one. Yeah. Um, we did record this two weeks, two ago. weeks ago and it was wank. <laughs> it was, well, it was about 5am, wasn't it? Yeah. And I foolishly suggested that we struggle through and, and do it. And um, it was a sound idea. I was with you at the time. I was. I was. I was with it. I was. I was asleep at the time. <laughs> but by about five minutes in, and yeah, well, we did record the whole bloody thing. Um, yeah. And then apparently it's shit, and it just didn't do these films justice. We needed to be on good form. This is films. a big one. This is this one is of massive. the biggest ones we've ever done. Yeah. And it just didn't feel fair that Craig was asleep for it because there was going to be some funny stuff coming up. And uh, and you were just asleep for it. I well, was expecting uh, some killer lines. Well, like, like I said, I said four comments and two of them made sense. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of them slightly resembled. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, that was about it. <laughs> Which is my native tongue. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of Arnie dying on Mars. Yeah. <laughs> How was he making that sound? That's what I there was, There's no fucking air. You the same way that Superman spoke Russian to the cosmonauts in space. Yeah. But he's Superman. You can kind of forgive him for that. No, you can't. He's super, but you, 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 you can't. You can, <laughs> you can fly around the world and you, you reverse time by making the planet turn backwards, but heaven forbid you can speak Russian in space. No one can do that. Well, I should say it's nothing to do with the fact he was speaking Russian. Ah. Just, was that just an incidental... <laughs> uh, he was no. speaking Russian to the Russians, so I'm on board with that. Right, okay, but, okay. You know... But no, that's the only language you can talk in space. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. you have to speak Russian in space. Ah. Yeah, because yeah. they were the first ones up. Yeah. So, ah, so it's it. only fair, you know, they've got the, they've got the dominant ground. What would the, be the language they, of space? 
Russian. 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 Yeah, yeah, clearly Russian, isn't it? Yeah. Well, what else could it be? What else could it be? <laughs> no, come on. Fucking English? No. <laughs> Russian. Um, so, so at some point along the lines of uh, Back, back to, to the, the Future, future yeah. we went into Russian space. Yeah. We're going for a good one. It's a good start. Yeah. Classic. So let's take a, a time travel back to 1985. Yeah. When uh, this groundbreaking, well, it's not even groundbreaking. It's this, just mint. It's just a mint piece of fucking cinema. Now, uh, they had this film written down as a script for years beforehand. Yeah. Like in the 70s. They were going. They wanted to make this film in the seventies. They get stuck I'm in so the proverbial uh, development hell. Yeah. Well, I don't think not just development hell. I think I think the reason and and the crew knew the the reason was that Robert Zemeckis had not really had a hit film, and um, none of the studios really wanted to fund something quite as big as this could be. Was it without him getting as a trilogy? No, no, no. It was no, written the all. first one, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah. was all by itself. And yeah. like Rich said, it was pretty much put in a draw for about five years. Spielberg saw it, thought you know it'd be wonderful to do. Everybody was behind the idea except the studios. There weren't yeah. fundings in that case until he had a proven track record that he could make a blockbuster that would fill cinemas. Yeah. And finally, when he'd done what was it, Romancing, Romancing the Stones? Yeah, yeah. They got the money in. Which and, is a good film. And agreed to fund this film. Yeah. Magic. And what a magic piece of artistry it is. Certainly is. So they made it. And it was possibly early mainstream sci-fi. It's sci-fi without having to know a universe behind it. It's not like Star Trek or Star Wars. You still which have are very... to know the rules of that universe, which is that time travel is possible. But it's it's still it's, not in the yeah, same... I, know, I take you your see, point. I'm yeah, being it's facetious. Di- it's difficult for me to describe it. <laughs> But it's sci-fi without being sci-fi. It's an adventure film, and the sci-fi is incidental. Yeah, I would never actually classify this in in the sci-fi genre. No, but it is. It's time travel. Technically, it It is science fiction. Ticks the box. It's not a science fiction movie. None of them are. It's a a teenage American (coughs) flick, really. Yeah, yeah, which is meant. Just meant. Just meant. So let's talk about the actual film. So this film stars Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd. Uh, what's his name? Biff. It's gone. Some guy. Some guy. Uh, some other dude. Some other dude. I'll look it up on IMDb. One guy called... Um, Thomas Wilson. Thomas Wilson. I remembered. Ah. Uh, um, and so we've Elizabeth got... Shoe. Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. Not in the first one. Not, Not in the first, first one, one. no. Sorry. No. We'll cast later on. Yeah, I'll get to her. Bear okay. with me. Okay. Bear with me. So we have Martin McFly, the young teenager, 17 years old, living in 1985. His friends with Doc Brown, played by Christopher Lloyd. Their relationship has never even attempted to be explained at no. <laughs> any point during the three films. We don't know why he's friends with a mad old scientist or how or whatever. They just are. It's Were irrelevant you to the plot, really. friends with a mad old scientist when you were younger? No. I thought everyone was. that just me? Yeah. I thought everyone was. Yeah. Did you have one as well? Yeah. Didn't you get it issued like on the fifth year of school? Doc Green. Yeah. Doc, yeah. Uh, Dr. Jones. Indy. Yeah. yeah, no, he used to say the piss out of him all the time with that. <laughs> he didn't like it though. He's just like, fucking hell, mate, that's getting old. <laughs> but, but yeah, Doc Jones, yeah. Cool. Good times. Excellent. I didn't have one either. I feel a bit left out, really. Yeah. We'll get you a, There's a school. 
It's a, <laughs> it's a place you can get them online now. I, I'd like to stick with the colour theme, so can I have a dot pink or something? Dot like pink. <laughs> dot pink. Like Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Um, you yeah. have to be dark pink. Because <laughs> you're a faggot, all right? Now shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Doc Sepia. <laughs> Doc. <laughs> Stop Sepia. saying Doc and naming colours. We're going to be here all day. Doc <laughs> Blue. Doc, Doc slightly lighter blue. Doc slightly lighter blue than that. Doc Aquamarine. Doc Turquoise. Okay, he's still going. Doc Crimson. Magenta. <laughs> Doc Jade. <laughs> No, I'm going so, home. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, what's it about? Him, well, he's got. So, Doc Brown invents a time machine. Yeah, as you did. The DeLorean, mm-hmm. and and through a chain of events, Marty is sent back in time to 1955, where he meets his parents as teenagers, mm. as, as at his own age, as you did. And the whole film is brought up out of the idea of what would it be like to go back and see your parents at your age? Would you be your dad's best mate? If you met him when he was 17. Not at all. Not at all. My dad didn't drink, you know. My dad drank, like, once a month for about two years. That so was what it. you doing then, playing genetic catch-up? Must be, must be. <laughs> That's why I've been carrying a bottle of vodka in my hand all day. <laughs> I'm not lying. No. It's, it's not open. It's but, small, but he has been carrying it. Yeah. Like a long-lost friend. Like a comfort blanket. My dad was trained to be a priest, so I don't think I'd be friends with him what? either. Yeah. Really? Your dad has been <laughs> my every dad, right. job available. My, my dad was trained <laughs> to be a priest... Then he became a taxman. Then he became a copper. Then he became a middle school teacher. Bizarre. So he's the... setting him up for himself up for some punishment there. I'm going to say you must have liked people <laughs> hating him. Yeah. Well, the priest is borderline. You know, maybe if you're an Islamic fundamentalist, but you know, still. But you have to take shit. Yeah, you still have to take <laughs> yeah. shit. You have to hear shit all day. You have to be well, wear that thing. That they wear. <laughs> Not have sex. <laughs> Not drink. Shit. Just well, shit, you can yeah. drink. You can drink, can't you? Can yeah, he wanted to be a priest and then he met my mum. So. Ah. Yeah. Um, crazy. Crazy old way. So, yeah, future. I don't think I'd get on with him either. Um, being the slightly, well, whatever I am. I don't know. What am I? Who am and I? Is, Where Islam- am I? Islamic fundamentalist. It's a clearly Islamic <laughs> fundamentalist. You can see me a mile off. I get stopped at every airport. Um, with your hook hand. With my hook hand. <laughs> it sets off the metal detectors. That's what I think. I listened to so fucking close the other day. And then beep, beep, beep. This is shit. That's why I was so scared when that guy from Asda came with the hook hand. I've told you about that. No? I had a home delivery from Asda. And the guy who brought the shopping from the van to the door... Was the candy man. ...had a hook hand. Fucking hell. Yeah. And nothing wrong with that. Fine. Great. But it just takes you a little bit by surprise just as he holds out his arm on which he's carrying eight shopping bags because they're all just hooked on. Well, he's not going to go through that carrier bag biting through his yeah, skin, yeah. is he? he can there are certain instances in which I could see it being very useful, mm-hmm. especially if you had a variety of sh- different shaped attachments. <laughs> or if possibly, you're in a fight. Yeah. yeah. Possibly yeah. arranged Death. in some sort of Swiss army knife form so you could just pop one You'd up. You'd want one with a flamethrower on it, like the guy out of... Um... <laughs> Inner space. You can get those on the NHS yeah. now. <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> Imagine every time you lose your cigarette lighter. <laughs> See, really? I think there are certain prosthetic things like that where they could bring them out and people would be lining up to get them. Yeah, <laughs> take my left hand. I don't need that. Yeah. What do I do with my left hand if you can replace that with a knife and fork, a pair of scissors, a power drill, a blowtorch? 
and a USB thumb drive. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly my left hand's just this dead weight. I'm thinking, hey, you don't store two gigs of data, do you? <laughs> Bloody flesh and bone. Rubbish. <laughs> What are we talking about? <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? We're literally talking about why... You... Let, let's this record Back to the over. Future again. We rambled too much last time. God, this is going to be a fun one, isn't it? It's <laughs> about this premise of going back in time, meeting your parents, and would you get That's on That's how we got on to that. And then Mike's dad was going to be a priest. He was an Islamic fundamentalist. <laughs> so you wouldn't, and I, I probably wouldn't. I probably either. wouldn't, um, really. I, think I wouldn't dislike, I just wouldn't get on. Being the squares that I wouldn't have mixed with. Yeah. What about you, Rich? No. No. My parents were far too active to have even considered of being my friend, I think. Yeah. But then I might have been because there was no internet. No, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, Would it be a case of they wouldn't be your friend, Rich, or, or you would wouldn't I be there for Yeah, exactly. I don't think they'd bother with me. I'd be the fat, I was the fat kid. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be too cool for you. You see, but I just wonder, you know, had there been Xboxes and stuff like that, would my dad have in fact been like me? Or without them, would I have been like my dad? We'll never know. But Marty's not I, like um, his dad, is he? No. no. Because Marty's dad's a complete dweeb, bless him. Mm. It's he's, the school nerd he's beaten up by the bully. and Played by... Crispin Clover. Crispin Clover. Now, there's a backstory to him as well, isn't there? There is. We'll get to that yep. in a bit, I guess. So the gist of the first one, because we don't want to spend too much time on it, he goes back to 1955, in, interrupts his mum and dad meeting for the first time, thus falling in love, thus having kids, thus him being born. And his mother actually falls for him. And his <laughs> mother falls for him, which is hilarious. But wrong on lots of levels. Wrong on lots <laughs> of levels. You never really noticed how wrong it was. No, I know, you yeah. were older. Yeah, yeah. It was only like, I think there was a gap between like maybe 10 years where I didn't watch this film and then like thought, oh yeah, shit, that's the future, put it on again. It was like the like, Star Wars it, thing as yeah. well with Luke and Leia. It's just like... <laughs> No, just suddenly it was like, hang on yeah you didn't notice that vampire either you were just like yeah. oh he kissed his sister that's really sick and um, the thing was George Lucas knew about that he'd written all night yeah. he knew the story he knew I, I want to see some brother sister action you know just uh, like no yeah. George probably made him feel better for the loss of his chin yeah <laughs> Amazing getting these things into family movies. It's gone. You look at him nowadays. There's no chin there. It's gone. Head, neck. That's it. That no. <laughs> just kind of molds in. He's, he, yeah, he's got that beard, so you can't see there's no chin there. <laughs> well, what, use, what use is a, a chin when you have ILM? So, you know. I'm sorry to be horrid to George Lucas. He's just in my bad books with that whole Star Wars DVD bollocks thing. That whole, yes, Rich, I'd like another thirty-two ninety-nine, please. Thank you. You may as well set up a PayPal account and just like... Just know, give it to George. Give it to George. A monthly contribution. And every, every week they send you the new edition of Star Wars. On a new format. On the new format. I've heard so many. So we've got this one, then they're going to do the HD version, which will probably come out on HD, DVD and Blu-ray. And then they're going to do 3D HD as well. Holographic. Holographic 3D, of which apparently works. And you just think, how many times do I have to watch the same fucking movie? The Death yeah, Star's still going to blow up at the end. It. The camera will still longer, linger on that fucking Ewok for 30 seconds. <laughs> Terrible. So back to the future. <laughs> back to the future is... We'll get mint. The, we'll, it's mint. It's mint. It's just mint. We'll get onto the sequels in a minute, but it's just... As a well-executed, structurally, I think I'll get on to structurally, the film is genius. It's just 
Mm. It's it follows the three act structure down to the letter. It has the everything within the plot is relevant, and yet none of it's excessive, none of it's um, erroneous, none of it necessary. You know, there's not a scene in Back to the Future where I'd say I wish they'd cut that out or I wish that was no. a bit quicker or anything no. like that. God, it no. is almost it's just if anything put more in. <laughs> yeah, it's perfectly timed. It's well, not not necessarily more in. I think it's just really well timed and really well put together. Everything just fits. Well, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing I'd change about Back to the Future, even its dated special effects or anything like that. I wouldn't change them for the world. Which, which do gets not, look they bad, still look good. They still look effects. good. They still look good. I mean, it just gets back onto the Star Wars thing again. It's like, why would you fuck with a, a classic film? It's like, you're just messing with something from that era. Because no- he's tried making other films and nobody wanted to fucking watch them. He made another three movies that he spent hundreds of millions of dollars on, and we all slagged him off. So he's just thought, fuck it, I'm just going to re release Star that Wars well. over and over again. Yeah, you like Star Wars, don't you? Mm. Yeah, that's what he's doing. But Back to the Future isn't like that. No. But down to the casting, the just everything about it, the, the cinematography is so simple it reminds of the early works of Spielberg Spielberg's family movies in fact if you watch a Zemeckis film and a Spielberg film like Back to the Future and say Jurassic Park or something like that mm. and you know there's natural difference between <coughs> the way that they execute shots you get the feeling that between them there was a little bit of mentoring going on yeah, yeah. yeah. Spielberg yeah. and Zemeckis mm-hmm. and let's be honest if I had that opportunity yeah I'd do whatever yeah. Steven Spielberg told me to do, quite frankly. You don't just go, no, Steve, I think we should do it like this. Is it Williams that the score for this? Uh, John Williams? Yeah. No. Alan Silvestri. Alan Silvestri. Now, the story was, was that Alan Silvestri was a composer that had always worked with Robert Zemeckis. Sort of like us lot. Right. And it had reached the point where he really didn't like the music that he was producing for him to the point where he said, if, you know, if you don't do this one good, we, we just can't work together anymore. And so he went away and wrote the score for Back to the Future, oh, yeah. which is, in my opinion, it's in the top three movie scores of all time. Probably, I think, for me. I'd say ten. Go on, name a couple of better film scores. Jaws. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're going to be John Williams ones, really, aren't Indiana they? Jones, yeah. yeah. Well, it depends on what that, you classic as good scoring, whether or not you... Star Wars as well. Just whether it's a good piece of music on its own. Yeah, all right, okay. Because the Bats the Future th- soundtrack, the main theme especially, have that on in the car, for God's sake, as you drive around. It's incredible. Mm. It's another one of those that should be banned in the car. Drives too fast. Drives too fast. Yeah. Like, 88 miles per hour. And the thing I liked about it was that um, Robert Zemeckis' instruction to Sylvester was make it big. Bigger, big, big, big. Make my and, movie big. And um, and he did it in physical terms as well with the size of the orchestra that he used. It was the biggest collected orchestra that had ever recorded really? a theme for a film before. Crazy. Yeah, it was like the, the first biggest. Mm-hmm. And may still be the biggest. Damn. I don't know. I wonder what that is now. Because I can only imagine that they're getting smaller as well now that we've probably reached the point in Hollywood where we're not going to be using full orchestras forever now. Mm. And so they're only going to get smaller, so it might be the biggest ever. 
Maybe. Maybe. We don't know. They also let us know if you think uh, if you think differently or know differently. Yeah. The the tunes that they used at the time as well. They used um Huey Lewis in the news. They did three tracks for the film. And um at the time I can remember thinking, why have they used Huey Lewis? They're a bit rubbish really. <laughs> Huey Lewis and the news were fucking awesome. I know why you like them. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, fair, I only like two songs, and that would be the one from Back to the Future and the one from American Psycho. Okay. By the way, before anyone emails me, I know they weren't written for the film, apart from Power of Love, which was. Yeah, they were used in it, but I can remember thinking, this is not trendy. If you're doing a teenage movie with a teenage star, yeah. why are we not having something that's teenage rock music rather than 30-odd-year-old rock music? But that that's the only bit for me that didn't fit. They're, they're perfectly good tunes, but at the end of the day, Huey Lewis was about 40 at the time, mm. and it would have been better to have a It was the rock and roll type it. thing, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Big American noise. Swallowy. Mm. Mm. So so he's gone back in time, 55, parents not getting together. Uh, he invents rock and roll music. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's pro- pro- really a brilliant scene from any film. It's Based on true events as well. He actually did. Yeah. Yeah. Great uh, rock and roll music. I'm going to get shot now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have this scene where Marty, who is a... An enthusiastic musician wants to play at the school dance, gets turned down in nineteen eighty five by Huey Lewis. <laughs> Although we don't know it's him. And then he gets the chance to play Johnny Be Good live on stage at the school dance in nineteen fifty five and rocks it. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it now. And it's actually him playing that guitar. It is he, as well. It, it was a fantastic guitarist. Well, as you said, the easiest way because you have to sync it up so that it doesn't look gash on screen. And the easiest way to sync it up is to learn how to play it. Yeah, do so it. Learn yeah. how to play it. Can't do it now, as he said. Mm. You know, if as an actor, if you can remember all the things you learn to do for films over your career, you'd just be the most skilled person alive on the planet. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. just forget it all. It's the like number of times... Russell Crowe learned how to play the violin for Master and Commander and stuff like that. Yeah. It's weird. Mm. Very strange. Uh, uh, what else? So he gets back to the future. He gets back to 1985, obviously, with the aid of a Doc Brown from 1955. Yeah. And that, again, makes for one of the brilliant end sequences. Oh, Each the, one of uh, these right, three yeah, films yeah, ends with a sequence that's awesome. Set two, set two, which doesn't really have the same sort of thing, but it does have a climactic moment. Mm. But the idea is, is that we have to get 1.21 gigawatts into the flux capacitor of the time machine in order to send Marty back to the future. And in order to do that, we have to get a lightning strike into the car, mm. which is just awesome. The mm. modern equivalent being plutonium, uh, which yeah. is anything that could create that, but he didn't bring enough plutonium back with him to get to the future again. Hence, he's stuck there. Hence yeah. He's stuck there. So really, good job. Good Otherwise, job. it would have been a 10-minute movie. That sequence, the end sequence, is just so simply done in terms of what is actually supposed to be happening. It's not like there's a a barrage of different things which are happening at once that all need to be sorted out for the climax. It's very simple. He's got to get to 88 miles an hour, hit the rod, 
when the lightning strikes the clock and they actually know exactly <coughs> when it's going to hit the clock and they've got to hit it at exactly the right second. But it's just such a good sequence. Mm-hmm. It's so tense. I remember watching, even as a young child, I remember being on the edge of my seat watching that. It's great tension stuff because yeah. it is very simply, this thing needs to happen at this time and it might not. Even but to you this, want it to. Even to this day when I watch that, I still get yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on, come on, you're nearly there. And just like trying to really see, you know, even though you know what's going to happen, mm. you just, you, but you're still, you're still willing him on, you're still in that car with him, aren't you? A good yeah. film. That's what makes, that's, it's, that's yeah. a good sign of a classic film is when you're sitting there and you're still, even though you know what's going to occur, you're still that engrossed in it that you just really, yeah, yelling at the screen. Excellent. Yep. I was yelling at the screen when they put the dog in the car first for the trial <laughs> run of the DeLorean. That wouldn't happen time. now. <laughs> the dog's in the car. No, no you could do it because they don't kill the dog. No, that I know. the thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's the account of the producer, Bob Gale, saying that when they tested it and they put the dog in the car and sent him off, there was this uneasy hush among the audience as they're all going, they just killed a dog. They just killed a dog. <laughs> And it wasn't until that minute later when the dog comes back that everyone goes, ah. <laughs> you seen, you seen the fly where he puts the baboon in the bloody <laughs> thing and fucks it up. That's horrible. Nasty. That's horrible. Oh, they do it to a dog in that as well, then in the fly too. Yeah. yeah. Messed up, really is. Fly two is so fucking gory though. <laughs> fly one's pretty gory as well. Fly two's worse though is the bit where the guy gets acid sprayed on his face, and it yeah. just made me piss myself because the acid goes through his skin and he actually rips off his own face <laughs> off of his body and is still alive, wandering around, and then falls down and dies. Not that you know hydrochloric acid wouldn't burn straight through your eyeballs into your brain and kill you within two seconds, but you know we'll leave that aside. <laughs> and then there's the guy who gets his head crushed by the lift. <laughs> and he just craps it down and you see all the blood spurting out of it. It's so brilliant. funny. Is that The Fly 2 starring Eric Stoltz? Yes. who Eric is... Stoltz, who was supposed to play Marty McFly yes, in Back to the Future. Oh. Good comeback. Good, oh, good comeback. Know. Thank you. should you. play the movie game. Yeah. <laughs> well, did he have a contract to do it? Did they actually, did they actually employ him? Was he it? was employed. They filmed scenes. There are shots of him in the film. With Christopher Lloyd. There's the, you know, the famous shot where... They're standing, and he's got Marty's got the video camera, and the flames have gone yeah. up behind. There's the equivalent shot with Eric Stoltz. Crazy, yeah. weird. It's really weird, and it's you like, really have to think. Are they on the extras? No, no, no. Little bit. You bits could probably find it on the right. Net, that yeah, featurettes yeah. and stuff like that, but not anything. Yeah, not a, here's a scene with Eric Stoltz. Yeah, yeah. poor I wish bastard. They were though. That'd be so poor weird bastard, to watch. Though. Yeah, because these films were awesome and mainly awesome because of Michael J. Fox's performance. Yeah, he was mm. a legend. He was legendary in this. And he just made it made you want to be him. You know exactly. what I mean? Perfectly cast in the role. But we can't. You know, there's nothing wrong with Eric Stoltz. I'm not going to go ahead and say he would have ruined it. But assuming he would have given as good a performance, his career since then would have been as massive as Michael J. Fox's has been. Perhaps. And Eric still still had a career. It wasn't like he just he fell into. He had a career, but nowhere, nowhere, nowhere near. near but Michael you know, you thought someone like you know that would probably make you fall into complete obscurity. But he didn't. He actually, you know, he's in Pulp Fiction. He's in Killing Zoe. He's in a load of things. You know, he's the other ginger guy other than David Caruso. <laughs> you know, the, the, who should we get for this ginger character? David Caruso, no, the other guy. Okay, you know, it's like Eric. the two of them. Eric, Eric. 
We need a ginger guy in here. Mm-hmm. Come on. They wanted uh, Michael J. Fox, so I didn't know. He was being really popular at the time as um, well. He was in family, family ties. ties. And when they gave him the job for Back to the Future, he said yes and fit in to his day. So he was doing like 18 hours a day, where he was filming Family Ties yeah. during the day and then doing scenes at night for Back to the Future. He was Crazy. sleeping about two, three hours a day Crazy for a period time. of several months. Doesn't look like that, does it? <laughs> and uh, that's magic how of good he was. Yeah. That's how good he was. He mm. must have been fucked for the entire time. <laughs> You know, I know. I get less than five hours sleep on foot. Yeah, likewise. We we know what it feels like when you do a day of shooting, but then to do a day of shooting, get in a car, travel two hundred miles, and do another day of shooting at night, is is ridiculous. Although I still imagine it's not as bad if you're an actor. I think it'd be better if we were getting paid. I'd still be knackered. (laughs) I'd just be less angsty throughout the day. Probably a bit more relaxed. I don't know. So should we get on to the sequels then? Let's get on to the mm. sequel. Mm. So there was like a four or five year gap between one five. and two. Five years. Five years. It was a long so, gap. Well, yeah, it was originally written as one yeah. the one script and that was it. And I believe they put this sort of to be continued as a quirky little thing and... Just to let them know that the adventures were continuing. Yeah, yeah, and I think to encourage a sequel, perhaps. I don't Possibly. Know. Just to leave Possibly. it open with a bit of suggestion there. Yeah. And Although he does say if he'd planned to write a sequel, they never would have put the girlfriend in the car at the end. Yes, yes. Because that's another character you've got to write for who is just superfluous to all the plot that we give a shit about. Mm. Which is why in the second one, she's knocked out in the first ten minutes, and that's pretty much it. She goes, she, she regains consciousness and causes a bit of trouble, doesn't she? But then, like... Yeah, another little ten minutes. But that links since she's barely in the third one. Yeah. Um, well, that was it. So we... in, in the, At the end of the first one, everything's back to normal. They're in 1985. Doc Brown suddenly comes back from the future arrives at Marty's house and said, no, you've got to come back with me to the future. We've got to do something about your kids. So that's how the first one ends. And then in the second one, we're in the future with Marty and his kids. Mm. What's brilliant about this as well, just something I hadn't really thought about until now, is the fact that this is one of, like I was saying, I think I said last time we recorded this, um, that this is one of the more consistent trilogies that there's ever been. It's in in the sense of... In terms of like, you know, it's the same director, it's the same writer, it's the same composer, mm. it's the same stars, with the exception of Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. I can't remember who played the original Jennifer. But the fact that at the end of they actually filmed that scene again, the last scene of Back to the Future, they filmed again yeah, for Back to the Future Shue. 2 with Elizabeth Shue five years later, and you can't tell the difference in the time. You know, a little teeny bit you might be able to notice. There, but there are a few moments like that. There's, but there's not, you know, there's not anything that makes you think, oh shit, hang on, that's the, that's weird. That's you know, that's just really weird. That five years passed and it's still managed. It wasn't a planned trilogy, but it still manages to seem as if it was a planned trilogy as a consistent whole. Yeah. yeah. And the beauty of the fact is that you know, I hate some, no, I don't hate, but sometimes I get irritated with trilogies where the first one like Fellowship of the Ring, wasn't really a film within itself. You can't just watch Fellowship of the no, Ring and not can't. watch the other. You can mm. watch Back to the Future by itself and not bother watching the others. I wouldn't recommend it, but there's nothing to stop you from just... Matrix. Yeah, The Matrix, the first Matrix. It, it's recommended that you only watch the first yeah. Matrix. Yeah. yeah. Although I did, I did enjoy the second two, but just it's just not... They just weren't... Oh, they were, they were diabolical. I can't speak badly enough of the two Matrix sequels. Then don't. I won't. Okay. Worst films ever made. 
mind. There's somebody else missing in um, Back to the Future too, as well. There's somebody else missing. Somebody who um, got a little bit too big for his boots. Kind yes, of catch yes. Who we were talking about this earlier? We were. Um, what's his name again? Crispin Glover. Crispin. Crispin Glover got himself a little bit greedy on the old terms of his conditions and mm. how much he was going to get paid for this film. Demanded a little bit too much. So the film uh, producers, everybody decided. Well, if that's the case, see you later. Yeah, bye. Yeah. Same thing happened with George Lazenby. Yeah, is that what yeah. happened? Yeah. Yep. Same thing happened with George Lazenby. Thank George, God. George Lazenby asked for too much money, and uh, I said, "Fuck it, we'll get Sean Connery back in," <laughs> and they did. Mm, Which I always thing. forget in the sequence of things. I always forget yeah. Diamonds Are Forever is after on a Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, it's amazing. I always think, yeah, that'd be like Timothy Dalton coming back and playing Bond again. It'd be weird. Be good, though. Be good, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll wait and see what happens in the next instalment. Ah, this is interesting, just on a slight tangent here, because we're having it. I was back for a family reunion last weekend um, for a birthday party, and um, all the men in my family were going on it. The Bond discussion, the new Bond discussion came up, and all the men in my family were just like, yeah, Daniel Craig is going to make a fucking awesome Bond. He's going to be wicked. He's going to be really good. All the women were just still pieing after Pierce Brosnan. Just like, no. You know that? I've noticed that as well, yeah. actually, come to think of it. Women yeah, don't, the girls don't at work. Yeah. These women haven't seen Die Another Day then, have they? Yeah. Because I can't believe that anyone who's seen that wants Pierce well, Brosnan think, to make another James Bond I film. think it's based more on Pierce's swoon factor or whatever. He's very dishy, isn't he, as, oh, as old women yeah. say. Um See, I don't think James Bond should be able to what is describe dishy? his dishy. What is dishy? Yeah, what anyway? the fuck that? Yeah, but how does... Dish. How do you get... Dish? Where did, yeah, where did that come from? Dishy? Does he have a face like a plate? What the fuck? You know. Doesn't make any sense. I don't know. No. Anyway. Anyway. Tell us the origin of the word dishy. <laughs> what is the etymology of that idiom? Um, so, carrying on with... <laughs> My two big words then, and we've got it recorded for everyone to hear. I use big words every yeah. show. Yeah, so it's methodology, last one. Um, methodology? Yeah, that was a good one. Bloody hell. That, yeah. I don't know what that means. It's an eclecticism. Is it? Yeah. Oh, stop it. You're going to trip up sooner or later. Totalitarian. Well, you've got to make you know these things on adversarial lines. And it's not particularly good. You're running down the hill, down the hill, and your legs are getting away from you. You're going to trip and fall with <laughs> right. these big words. You land on your face and slide along the pavement. And I have actually used almost every one of those big words yeah, you without go. the That's correct what I context. Mean. But I do know what the correct context is. I was just dropping them in for the hell of it. We'll get email about that. Yeah. You said this word, and it means this. <laughs> I don't know why people Dishy do that. Dishy isn't an idiom. <laughs> Dishy's a word. An idiom would be a thing like, uh, where does time flies when you're having fun? That's an idiom. Mm. Is it? Yeah. Smashing. And etymology means the history of a word. Great. I'm really interested. Back to the future. So, in the second one, they've gone to the future. 2015, 30 years into the future. Indeed. So we get a look at the place where they all live, Hill Valley. In the year 2015. Well, that's in, that's in uh, nine years' time. Nine years' time now. So where are the... We've got a, lo we've got a long way to go <laughs> to get there. Hurry the fuck Thanks up, me, I God. don't wear a holographic baseball hat that's three times too big for my head. <laughs> but that's the fashion you'll have to... I'm not doing you'll be, you'll it. You'll not be socially I'm accepted. Not I'm not wearing two times. What, what's You're the not betting that when we get to 2015, everyone's still wearing flares? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Probably. Yeah, it's still going to happen. I want one of them other balls. We'll get yeah. to the hoverboards, okay? So in the future, they've gone back to sort out Marty and Jennifer's kids, okay? Mm. Within 
the plot of doing that. Marty goes into a cafe, gets into a fight. Runs Elijah out. Wood talks to him. Elijah Wood talks to him. Look out for a young Elijah Wood. About the same size as he is in the Lord yeah. of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. About seven years old. Speaks exactly the same. Yeah. Still, Looks exactly the same. Still annoying. Can we get him in when we kick the shit out of Orlando Bloom? Elijah Woods. You can't even put him in the same... No. Really? No, he's a good actor for starters. Yeah. I don't know. He's, he's nowhere near as wet as Orlando. I'll give him that. He's certainly... I really um, liked his performance in Eternal Sunshine. Fantastic. Mm. Mm. I really liked him in um, The Ice Storm. And um, he's an ice storm. I really want to see everything as illuminated. Dan Yeah, Fairly new. Fairly new. Fairly new. Looks very interesting. The Sin City as well. I know he said nothing, but... Yeah. yeah. See, that was good, though. Yeah. That scary. Was, that, that's that's the key. He was, he was quite he scary in that amazing. one. Amazing. The, the glasses and the makeup <clears throat> yeah. that he had on in that film. Brilliant. So, it's, okay, bad. Elijah, say nothing. We're going to film you mostly in no light. This will look great. <laughs> He's only just in it. <laughs> it could have been me. You wouldn't have known the difference. Anyway, you've lost me again now. Back to we the Future lost. 2. Back to we the Future lost. 2. You lost you. you. Yourself. So the plot of this one is that while they're in the future, Marty buys a book of sports statistics from the last 30 years and wants to go back to 1985 to win money on bets. And Doc says, no, you can't do that. I invented a time machine to travel through time. There. There's a plot. Yeah. And uh, we're not really talking about Biff from the first one. No, we haven't even Biff mentioned is, him, have we? Biff's an important and integral character to each of the three films, so he's like yeah. the family... Nemesis. Nemesis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's just a cock, isn't he? Really? He really is. He's a big yeah. bully. I said it. I said it. He, he said it. It's been ages. It's yeah, been we ages. We've we missed it for, for a few weeks. weeks yeah. Cock, cock, cock for the last three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> missed the cock. Missed the cock. So there's Biff. The cock is back. <laughs> there's Biff, who is the same generation as Marty's mum and dad. Yeah. And was the school bully who bullied his dad in 1955. Yeah. And originally, as they grew up, he bullied him his entire life. And that was altered by Marty in the first one. So in the second one, he is a very old man. Mm-hmm. And it's his grandson who we deal with <clears throat> briefly at the beginning. This is where it gets complicated to explain, because we deal with Biff in three or four different time periods. All played by. All played by Thomas Wilson. Rather brilliantly, yes. I have to say. <laughs> the man's performance is nothing short of brilliant. Yeah. I wish he'd been in more, but I sometimes get the impression that's the role he can play. Yeah. And if he's not playing Biff, he might be a little dodgy. Yeah. But to give him his due, in this he's playing Biff, and he plays it very well. You hate him. We hate uh, him. As you meant to. Yeah. And, and Griff as well. I never hated him so much as thought he was annoying. He's a tragic because character. They, because they made him an idiot as well. That's it. Which is the brilliant... Because if he was just a twat, it, it, you know, it would have, have been different. But it's the fact that he says stuff like, well, make like a tree and get out of here. And like gets jokes wrong. At the, you know, it's stumbles as funny as a screen door and a battleship. You idiot! Yeah. yeah. So old Biff from, 19, from 2015... Make like a gun and shoot. <laughs> Old Biff from 2015 steals the book that Marty's bought from the antique shop, steals the time machine, and travels back in time. What I didn't hear. Did you make fun of me? It's okay. It was a time. It's alright. We'll leave it. Yeah. We'll bury that one. Okay. T-shirt slogan there or something. I don't know. I don't know what happened. You're all just looking at me. No, carry on. Carry on. Carry on. Speak. Use your words. So he takes the book from 20. Omelets. What? 
15. And I'm not saying anything. Carry goes on. Back in time to 1955, where he gives, <laughs> where old Biff gives young Biff the book and says, "Place bets, make lots of money, make, make us millions." So when they go back from 2015 to 1985, it's a warp twisted 1985 because time was messed up back in 1955 by old Biff from 2025. Ah, uh, yeah, we've yeah. gone. It's all over the place. Yeah. <clears throat> an alternate universe. For those of you who, at that point of the film, aren't really following things, there is a this scene is for Wendy moment. When yeah. Doc Brown explains exactly Absolutely what's everything. going on, not only explains it, but uses, but uses a diagram. Yeah, draws on a chalkboard. Draws it out for you. This Literally. is what's happening for those of you who don't know. And it was great because you actually asked me to clarify a couple of things. But and it was I good just went, just wait. Just and then wait. he pulled the blackboard off and, <laughs> and then started he started because ah. it was at the perfect moment where I had questions about what. Yeah. What was that just then? But see, that's, that's, that's bang on for kids as well watching exactly. this film as well. They're not necessarily going to get. It mm. and then there it is. Yeah, but the amount of adults who don't get it. Yeah, true. I, I would rate kids above Wendy's, especially yeah, in science yeah, fiction suppose, circumstances. Yeah. I was eight, or I wasn't eight at all. I was nearly twelve when it came out, but I got it. I didn't. I personally, at that time, I was didn't about need eight, the and I understood it. Didn't need the right. diagram, but I understand why it's there, and it's good yeah. that it is. Yeah, and it's for Wendy. It's not, yeah, it's not for the kids, is it? It's, no, it's, it's for, for Wendy, really yeah. extreme Wendy's, that bit, and people who might have missed 10 minutes or something like that, you know. Mm. Or, I don't know. Maybe we're just, we understood it easier because, I mean, us in particular have a great interest in sci-fi and that sort of thing, and it's just... Yeah, this is, if you've seen a season of Star Trek, you understand that concept. Exactly. Yeah. Not even it's, it's that. Not even time. that. It's just very well put together. It's the point in time where you've got three different docs all alive at the same time, and he's got to interact with each of the three of them to help him to do what yes. he needs to do. Yeah. That's the bit that spun my head around because I'm thinking, which fucking doc is it? Because he looks is exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Doc Brown, the man who never aged. <laughs> and I always thought as a kid, I always was very. Not, not not confused, but I was always a bit like, oh, hang on, they didn't show you Doc Brown in 2015, did they? He's dead, isn't he? Shit. It wasn't really... It would, you would have had to, like, crowbar him into the plot there somehow. Yeah. To get Doc Brown into the 2015 sequence, we're talking, would have just had to be there for the sake of it. Yeah. Just to go, this is Doc. But we do. But then the, he'd also be far too old by yeah. that point, because mm. he was a generation ahead of... Of Marty's, Marty's mom and dad. dad. So he's blatantly yeah. dead by then. Yeah. But that's only natural, so that's okay. That's okay. But we do have the joke where he gets his blood replaced and 20 or 30 years added to his life with the medical advances in 2015 and he's wearing the rubber mask so Marty recognises him and he pulls it off and he looks exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Which is cool. We've not talked about hoverboards yet. No. So we have to jump what? back to the first one. In the first yeah. one, there's a, brief, there's a scene, again, a legendary cinema moment where Marty hits Biff and then does a runner and outside is a kid on a skateboard he nicks it and he's away and we get this great chase sequence with Marty on a skateboard now it's reenacted again in the second one with a hoverboard flying skateboard with which no is wheels. fantastic which is amazing the special effects are flawless priceless to say this is again this is before Jurassic Park and ILM's yeah. digital effects yeah. they really did it and there's a wonderful interview with Robert Zemeckis where he says, yeah, we've got hoverboards. Mattel will have them in the shops by Christmas. And the world went fucking mental. <laughs> we all wanted one, and everyone just went, no, they're just for the film. And then the director said, no, they're real. My kids have got one. Huh. 
and they never appeared. <laughs> Just reminds me, so it was a fucking funny April Fool's joke on a Radio 4 program ages ago where they'd uh, done, what is it, they did an entire segment on this, this program about dog language and a dog translator and like it was all done really seriously and they're just saying and like having the dog bark and saying i'm i'm hungry and just really simple things like not like making them do ridiculous stuff but like and the, apparently they had something like two three thousand calls asking where they could get a dog translator from just because everyone was such a chump amazing <laughs> same, so the, same thing. the spaghetti growing on trees thing that they did I don't remember that one. It, they did that. It was like one of the earliest forms on television of taking the piss out of the audience. It, it was, was done. Panorama. It was black and white. We're going back <clears throat> 50 years. <laughs> and they did this sequence, this documentary about the spaghetti growers of Italy and had the shots of them pulling spaghetti off trees and stuff like that in the harvest. <laughs> Amazing. And everybody thought everybody that, that's how we make it. spaghetti. Uh-huh. It grows on everybody. trees. I, myself, for the first few years of my life, believed spaghetti grew on trees. Because there it was. I'd fucking seen it. <laughs> they were pulling it off trees. I remember Match of the Day did one um, uh, saying that um, all the goals from this day forward would be two metres wide by two metres high. So, like, square goals. And loads of people bought it as well. <laughs> it's just like when they said that's actually really David Beckham's voice. Yeah. That's really how he speaks, and we all just bought it. Yeah. No one speaks like that, really. He just does that for the cameras. Yeah, well, no, yeah, it's all right, in it, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear the, the David Beckham getting his haircut joke? No. He goes into the barbers, this quick one. He goes into the barbers. He's got this set of headphones on. And the barber's like, you've got to, you've got to take those off. I can't cut your hair properly if you're wearing headphones. He's like, no, no, don't, don't. Whatever happens, don't take those off. And he's like, okay, I'll cut around them, right? So he's cutting his hair. He's thinking, fucking headphones, as if I'm going to do a proper job on David Beckham's hair while he's wearing headphones. Pulls them off. David Beckham just panics and then collapses dead on the floor. Like, what the fuck just happened? And he picks up the headphones and listens to them. And on the headphones, you can hear a voice going, breathe in, breathe out. <laughs> breathe in, breathe out. <laughs> I had to tell that joke. It was just funny when he died. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it was sort of incidental. The... Uh, I've had enough of hearing about Rooney's foot right now. It's broken. Deal with it. Yeah, I don't care about Wayne Rooney. He's too yeah. ugly to care about. I, I honestly, every time I see a picture of him, all I think is, "You are fucking ugly, mate. <laughs> that is horrible. You actually do look like Pob. Find me an uglier human being alive in the world today than Wayne Rooney." There's loads. Oh, there is. Let's not talk about football, though. Especially ones who appear in Heat magazine <laughs> or Heat magazine. Yeah. Anyway. Or pop bitch or pop for that bitch. matter. Or anything other than movies for the yeah. next ten minutes. Next so back to the future two. Right, now let's talk about the structure of the trilogy. Okay. Okay, just briefly while we're in the middle. Um now this follows what is sort of in the same sense as Lord of the Rings and in the same sort of vein as Star Wars, the classic trilogy structure where you have your first film that sets everything up can be self-contained as it's its way the matrix trilogy followed the same thing it didn't do them any good though but they sort of like yeah it follows the set you know it sets everything up it can be a self-contained film not fellowship obviously but 
Yeah. It's the structure of the film. It's it's there. It's, it makes sets up the universe. The second one then goes a bit crazy. The structure is completely different yeah. to what's happening. Like um, Star- Empire Strikes Back, there's very little action in Empire Strikes Back. It, yeah. it doesn't follow the same... The conclusion never seems to be conclusive in the second one because it's off to the... T- well, it's, you have it's an the emotional third, isn't it? An emotional climax as opposed to a story-based climax. Yeah, yeah. Everything's sorted, we can rest, but really we know there's more story to come. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a setup. And then it? the third one goes back to the original one structure again and caps it off with something even bigger than the first one. Because yeah. let's face it, the only, the only niggle I have with the entire trilogy is the fact that Back to the Future 3 is basically Back to the Future 1 in the West with a love interest for Doc Brown. It's the same fucking really. Film. It's the same problems. Just it's a, it's more like a remix of the it's, first one. It's not quite though, is it? It is. He's not trying to get his mum and dad back together. He's no, not, he's he's trying to stop they, Doc Brown from dying, which is the equivalent thing. He's trying to. Know, they've got to do some crazy things to get the DeLorean to work again. Um, that is very to, much the theme with it, isn't it? That the DeLorean just never fucking works. Yeah. So unreal. Well, maybe but that's, no, that's, but that's not the cars. problem in the second one. That's what I'm saying. It's the no. same problem in the first one and, the, in the, and in the third one. The second one is the entire parallel universe issue and stopping Biff from wrecking time. Mm. So we had, different. we had with the second one a very unique thing at the time, whereby as filmmakers they were able to go back into the first one and reenact certain bits of it and interact with it. Because with their this, own characters in with, yeah. the, with the same film. people. Because the first one, the second one is set. The first twenty minutes is in two thousand fifteen, but and then the second twenty minutes is in. See that threw me off as well when I was but, a kid because I watched the, the trailer for it. You think and it's, it's set like, in the future? You think it's all going to be in the future? And yeah. then after like twenty, I was a bit disappointed actually when they went back and I was like, when are they going to get back to the future? And I want to see the yeah, I want to mm. see more in the future stuff. But didn't it, it was originally going to be set in the sixties. Mm. was what they were going to do. Just make it in a con- different time frame altogether and just do another story mm. in the 60s. But the reason why they picked the 50s was that rise of the American teenager. Yeah, and yeah. The, the, the American it was the rock and roll thing, day, yeah, that tied in with the teenager, had, yeah. The first bit of power yeah. given over to teenagers, and Robert Zemeckis even said, you know, teenagers still rule the world now mm. since the 1950s, and that's why they put it in the 50s, why they finally decided to... And obviously, with all the, all the memorabilia and everything, um, I don't think we've talked very much about how everything are in these films for an absolute reason, and everything is perfectly yeah. dated to its time. Yeah. So the music that was playing on the jukebox, that kind of thing. The films that are on at the cinemas that they track past. Everything. Posters up in the windows. Badges people things. are wearing on jackets. They had a good dramaturg. They certainly did. They earned their money, and the, maybe they even know what the word means and what they actually do for a living. Yeah. I don't think there's a dramaturg in existence can tell you what dramaturgy is. I'm looking at one who's shaking his head at me right now. <laughs> no, I'm not a dramaturg. You are. You're a professional mm-hmm. dramaturg. I didn't do my degree in dramaturgy. Uh, I believe you did, actually. No, I did. did. No, I didn't. You did. No, I, I did. could have sworn he did. Did. No. It's almost like saying you did something in acting. His degree was entitled theatre acting. acting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Is that a bad joke? No. Maybe. Let's move on. I think so. <laughs> um, the other groundbreaking thing, we've just touched on it, was the, the characters 
um, interacting with each other or at least being in the same shot. Oh, yeah, in yeah, both yeah. films. And in one particular scene, I think it's in the second one, we've got three Martys. Three Michael J. Foxes. Three Michael J. Foxes yeah. playing three different <clears throat> generations. Um, in the future. And even the female. Yeah, he plays yeah. himself, his son and his daughter in the same scene at the same time. And in the third one, his great-great-granddad as well, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 Now, this is definitely worth mentioning. Talk about films that affected films after it. Motion tracking cameras were invented for Back to the Future 2. The whole ability to have somebody on screen with themselves and move the camera at all was invented for Back to the Future 2. So think about all the things that have followed, especially things like music videos and stuff like that, that just would not have been possible without it. Robert Zemeckis has actually been responsible for a great deal of pushes in special effects technology, which granted have all been technically performed by ILM, but it's but been they stuff they wouldn't have done, have done if it hadn't up. Yeah. yeah, like Forrest Gump with the exactly. um, putting Forrest Gump <clears throat> next to JFK and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. all yeah. that stuff. Even, that all done even Death Becomes Her with the whole everybody wearing a complete green suit to yeah. replace body parts and stuff like that. Yeah. All that stuff. The man is a legend in special effects without actually doing anything in special effects. Just by coming up with the idea, saying, look, I want to do this. Make it, make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to admire the skill it took before you could just go to a computer and make anything appear on the screen. Mm. I think, you know, although it, it's obviously a skillful thing to be able to do with a computer, it does not compare in a million years to setting up a physical special effect. No. It and having will. it look real it never will no it never mm. will because i you know i think when you're doing when you're talking about being a special effects master you're talking apprenticeships and years of training well, years there's a difference between training. a computer effects man, yeah. yeah master and a special a visual effects a special effects master um, i mean yeah just the using miniature the, the miniatures and um, oh, the models the, the model animation, work the animation everything just it's always the best mm. always the best i mm. just i I don't want to slag off people who do computer no, you're special not. effects. They're two different trades. I They're just, not even in the same thing. They do the same thing, but it's a completely different method. I just, I just, it's not. Yeah. It's not. You can't be slagging off computer generated like uh, people who use CGI because it's it, that's just an aesthetic. Whether you know, I prefer models mm. to CGI ships. Like even in spaceships, I prefer to see the models and the CGI because I still don't 100 percent believe CGI. But still, no. the work that goes into CGI is is very hard. It's but, phenomenal. But it's right. phenomenal day, as well. But it's, it's a different kettle yeah, of fish. Yeah. It's, it's not just using a computer program. They've got a computer program that's been written by a company somewhere, and they've read the instruction book. And once you've done that, you can produce whatever effect you want on screen. Yes, but it is and still an instruction book in 20 volumes, and is massive. Yeah, and you it still takes need a lot to, of creative it's, ability. It's, I don't know. I mean, you're it's, seeing it's the making of on some of those things. You say, well, yeah, yeah. Now I'm doing this and doing that and doing, and now I'm making this guy fly here. So what? How the fuck have you just done that? Yeah, what was it's it in Final Fantasy? They had to control each individual hair on the on the yeah. characters' bodies, and it was just like ridiculous. still bloody complicated work. Yeah, mm. and extremely time consuming. It goes on for months and months. Yes, yeah, and you don't and you don't get out either. You stop <laughs> no. behind a computer the whole time that's why his computer uses is so pasty and see-through yeah. <laughs> look there's my veins look you can see anyway you get mouse hand so the end of back to the future 2 is once again the balance of everything is <laughs> what 
Alison's doing an impression of Mouse Hand. I wish you could all see it. It looks you hear slightly... the noises my wrist makes. Yeah, it's mine horrid. does too. It's just ah. Uh, uh. They never saw. They never wonders about Mouse Hand. No, they don't. Right, <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of us all doing Mouse Hand, and then we're going to put it on the because uh, yeah. we haven't put any pictures on there we recently. Haven't, we haven't. We've all changed. I'm Do you know change, why I I'm stopped? Going to change my T-shirt. Right. <laughs> I'll tell you why I stopped putting pictures on the website is because the first lot were us sat in front of microphones in our living room. And then we took some more, and it was us sat in front of microphones in our living room wearing <laughs> different clothes. And then I got the feeling that if we did any more, it would be us in our living room sat in front of microphones. <laughs> and I thought, really, there's only so much of that anybody needs to see. But we've got see. a new location today. Well, yeah. well, it's not a new we've, location. We've recorded here Studio. several times. <laughs> yeah, the, the Leeds office. Otherwise known as Craig's bedroom. Craig's bedroom. It's, yeah, but it's nice. Look, look at the decor. It's the first time Craig's had a lady in his room for a while as well. <laughs> You're not leaving. I'm an <laughs> I, I seem to be stuck to the bed. I hope that's blue. <laughs> should we talk about three? Yeah. Yes, we should. Because two ends, everything's resolved, and Doc's about to land the DeLorean in a lightning storm. The same lightning storm that they used to put the electricity into the DeLorean yeah. Back to the Future 1, because they're now in, back in 1955 again. This is a head fuck. <laughs> and he gets struck by lightning, as in the end of the first one, and sent back to 1885. Because this only time travel only works in periods of 30 years and 100 years. Mm. Apparently. Can't go back 27 years. Did he actually take responsibility for not setting the clock right or not? No. Because he kind of just skirted uh, around that. No, you see, really? the second one, at the beginning, we see that the clock is not working properly. And there's a whole hitting it to make it work ah, right. Yeah. And so we get that little shot of the clock in the DeLorean resetting itself while he's flying around. Right. Yeah, it you sets see. itself to 1884. Yeah. Lucky it didn't set itself to something really bad. You know, you, that's the thing. You, you'd want to, you, you're limited to 100 years. And generally, practically, if you had a time machine, you'd want to go see the dinosaurs, wouldn't you? You'd yeah. want to, you'd want to, like, you would. go <laughs> well far in the future and see what the fuck's going on up there. And also, I'd be scared to go in the future, man. Mm, you know, the whole thing. Scared. thing. Yeah. Because what if, you know, you travel forward 30 years, but in 15 years, the world just blows up. Yeah. So you get there and it's just nothing. Or it's you just die. poisonous Green. gas. Ah, dead. Ah. Time-travelling spaceship is really the only way to go. Well, this is, I think, what we said on the last time we recorded this show. As fun as this trilogy is, it's also almost as fun to pick holes in the, uh, in the plot line and its technology. It's because you don't... It doesn't bother you. It doesn't bother there you. There are plot holes you could drive a fucking tank through, but you don't care. Because oh. it's so good. Yeah. But some, yeah, I don't care, but I just like spotting them because some of them are funny. <laughs> it would be wrong of us to just say it's perfect. Well, yeah. <laughs> just like the fact that, uh, what was it, the um, the time-travelling machine travels through time, but at no point do they mention that it tra travels through space as well. So you don't... <laughs> so it travels through you, space relative to the Earth, but not relative not to... Not relative to anything else. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, you'd have to make sure it was the exact same time of year at the exact same moment that you travelled back in time you but the universe is expanding the as universe well, is expanding so, and galaxies so, are moving so whatever you do you travel back in time or forward in time you're going to end up in the middle of space or worse in the middle of a planetary body c'est impossible yep. and you you know you don't want to end up in the middle of a planetary body no. there's nothing to do no no you've just pretty stuck really yeah. apart from travel chess travel chess yeah. 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 yeah so in the third one we're in 1885 
No, we're not. We're in, we start off again in 1955 where Marty is stuck after the end of the second one. And he goes back to 1955 to save Doc Brown's life because Doc Brown's going to be killed. In 1885. In 1885. Yeah, because he finds the, the tombstone, doesn't he, with yeah. the, the details on it of the days... Well, the Doc, day wants Doc, to be, Doc wants to be left back there because yeah. he loves the Old West. Yeah. But um, then he finds out that he gets killed not long after he's gone back, so he doesn't live like a full and useful life, as it were. Yeah. And so he has to go back and save it. And so he travels back to 1885... Rips a hole in the fuel tank of the DeLorean, giving us the problem that there's no petrol around. Giving us yet another plot hole. As I know. Well. Yeah. Because the what? DeLorean in 19... There's two DeLoreans in 1885. Yes. The one that Doc Brown buries in the mine shaft to, uh, for... 1955 Marty to get back to, back to 1985. Marty gets back, rips the fuel tank, doesn't have any replacement petrol to put into it, so can't um, get it up to 88 miles an hour to get it there. The... Uh, the first, uh, the one that's left in the mine shaft for Marty, doesn't have a working flux capacitor, so that can't be used for time travel. But there's nothing stopping them from going into the one in 1950, the one that's in the mine shaft, taking the petrol out and putting it into the other one. But then we wouldn't have a film. No, we wouldn't. So, fair enough. Um, <laughs> so in the third one, oh shit, the roles are reversed very much in that Doc Brown has the love interest and Marty is the level-headed, sensible one that needs to get back to the future. Probably the best part of Back to the Future 3 for me is the the change in the characters that way. It's so well done. It's so, especially because there's three, there's three of the three films, they have certain tag uh, words when anything goes wrong Marty says uh, shit this is heavy and Doc says great great Scott yeah and the brilliant moments I love to this day in the third one is when something goes wrong and Marty goes forward and says great Scott and Doc comes around yeah I know this is heavy and it's <laughs> brilliant it's so well delivered and it just makes you piss every time it is. Yeah. And now, for me, the best thing about three is the sequence on the train at the end. We can't really spoil this, can we? We know he's going back to the future. It's the name of the fucking movie. Would you say that's better than the end sequence of Back to the Future 1? Because, they're, again, they're effectively the same sequence, just done differently. There's more peril involved. There's more. Yeah, there is more peril in the film. And there's more people involved. It's just bigger. Yeah, I think it's the same. You're right. It's the same. It's thing. the same it's, thing. We have to get the DeLorean up to 88 miles. But it does hour, have but... the same effect. Where you still, even though you know it's gonna, what's gonna oh, happen yeah. every time. But every time, I'm hoping that Doc's gonna get on the train as well. And mm. every time, I'm hoping that. Yeah, it's just awesome. It really is. It I really can't is. speak highly enough about it. Go and see it. If we covered everything, I think we have really. Yeah. I mean, without just doing lots of random quotes from the movie. Yeah, and I think it would yeah. probably descend to that, wouldn't it? Just possibly, yeah, possibly. It's a good old quarterfinal. Yeah, there's another one. So the Back to the Future trilogy. Yep, go and you, see it. If you Winner. haven't watched it, win And if you've only seen one, then do check out two and three because you won't be disappointed, really, will you? No, no, I haven't no, seen three at all until a couple of weeks ago, and uh, really enjoyed it. It was like mm. a nice little finish after the story. They don't yeah. impede on your no. respect no. of the first one. No, not in the slightest. I'd say a lot of people would say three is the best. I think three's the worst for me. Three's the worst. It's not not worse. It's yeah. better than worse. Two. I don't want to use the word worse because it's still a fucking excellent film. But in terms, of, there is still diminishing returns. I but think Back to the Future One is still the best. One it is me. the one. It, it has to one. be treated yeah. as a six-hour film. 
really. doesn't. It, it's it not, can be treated as a one and a half hour film or, or a six, six hour, hour film. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think it would be fair of us to judge two and three by the same standards that you judge one by. One is a film on its own. Two and three were two parts of a trilogy. And oh, really, to, say that to get the full effect, go and buy the trilogy on DVD. See, yeah. this is the interesting. The was the weakest for me. Interesting thing about the trilogy, though, uh, like we said about Lord of the Rings, how it didn't have an ending. But most of the time, you would make a film and you'd wrap it up, but leave it open for the possibility of a trilogy. Mm. But if it doesn't get commissioned you've got a film there and that's it. You can wrap it up there. Whereas Lord of the Rings, it was always going to be three. Yeah. Yeah. So is that what they did in French connection? They were waiting for the sequel. No, uh, we could get out. We could kill him or, you know, if we let him get away, we could, we could make French connection too, you know, we'll do that. No, I think the sequel was a French connection too, was uh, aimed to cash in on Godfather two. Because if you think about it, you didn't really have sequels back then. No. That's which was a good it. thing it was I mean, after Godfather 2 and then they said oh shit they yeah. made a second one we can do that as well we didn't really resolve that did we but, yeah. was that why no and, and then Wendy really will be happy and then yeah Wendy yeah. will be happy and so will Rick yeah. yeah you know Back to the Future 3 at the end just before they go back to the future it fades to black and it just comes up in text Doc and Marty got back to the future we just stopped filming here Get out. Just get out. Just like the end of French Connection. Sorry. Right, stop this. Okay, there's some other things we need to talk about then. Okay. Vote for us on Podcast Alley. Yeah, go and do that, because I worked out the percentage of our listeners that go and vote for us on Podcast Alley. Do you want to know the number? Yeah, go on, Rich. I don't want to sound like I'm whining when I say this, because at the end of the day, I'm just glad people listen, and it's great, and... All that. And thank you to the guys who do vote. Uh, thank you very much. 0.08%. You're having a laugh. Of our audience will go and vote for us on podcast. Aren't and about two of those are us, aren't they? Well, I vote. You vote. <laughs> I vote. I, I vote. can't yeah. vote because we're on the same ASP. So. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. get four so votes as well. I vote from here and from work. Really? Yeah. Don't say that. Don't say that. Oh, my God. But anyway, so that, that I'm not I'm not whining. I'm not. Friend it's who just, also listens and yeah, I get I get my friend around here and to vote here because that, he hasn't yeah. got internet access at his own house, yeah. and then my work friend votes to work. Talking yeah. of friends, you know, um, if if you do like the show, <laughs> why why don't you tell that your friends yeah, about? Let's it? do a recommend a friend yeah, scheme. Yeah, recommend a friend. <laughs> um, why not? You know, I, I pass on stuff that I find amusing and fun to, <laughs> to my friends. So if, if you're out there listening and you'd like, yeah, spread, spread the word. Spread the word. Spread the love of myss. It is. Also, if Stop you have any, that, if you have any issues or complaints or want to correct anything that we say. Or just want to talk to us nicely and happily in a way that we'll respond to. There are our forums. Yes. Which are turning out to be rather good. I enjoy going on there. Mm. And it's always interesting. Really cool people on there who are great to talk to about film or who make fun of Craig as well. So uh, if you've yeah. just joined. Have they made fun of me now? A little bit. I haven't seen that. So yeah. Somebody, seen somebody might have mentioned MySpace. I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay. I'll I, I'm going to say straight away because I know what you're thinking. It wasn't me who started it. Really? Yeah. Okay. And the, the proof is on the forum. And if you want to log on to my MySpace account and check out some of my music, then you're very welcome to. MySpace.com forward slash Craig Bevan. I'm trying that on before bedtime. <laughs> <laughs>
Although it's summer, most of them will be playing out. <laughs> oh dear God! <laughs> um, I just wanted to say a quick. It's welcome. to distribute my music, okay, and that is its sole purpose. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and it's very good. I've got gigs out of it. Gigs that I don't turn up to because I can't find the venue. But I know. that's all, another story. All valid reasons for you using it. It's never going to stop me though. Sorry. Um, and also. If you can, if you're feeling generous and you're miffed slightly by the fact that we haven't got a microphone each in the sand, suffers horrendously yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, There's a, a subscription or a donate button at the side of each page. And yeah. thank you to everyone who's used that. You're, you're both very kind. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to people who've joined the forums as yep. well. We've quite, I've had quite a few new additions over the last couple of weeks, so welcome to you. I haven't got your names. Always interested to hear your point of view. Welcome. I love the interaction, definitely. And it's good to get suggestions for films to do because I don't know each week. So it's all good. Hang on. Are you checking out the forum now? Yes, I am. Yeah. It's on there. Which one? I don't know. Possibly. Maybe we should wrap this up while Code does this. I don't know. I think he wants an instant response. I think he wants a name check. Okay. Actually, can I make like random noises to? Yeah, 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 do it. Um, Hi. That's me. Hi. Hi. How you doing? All right. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too bad actually. Yes. Look at that computer. Isn't it nice? It's, it's shiny. It's very yeah. shiny. Uh, it's very flat. It's nice that the internet connection is so fast. Otherwise, people would be getting bored right they now. They would be. Yeah, they would be getting bored. While they're waiting for Craig to find his MySpace account, or to find the comments he's made on them. Oh, no. Is it you know, he's, scrolling he's, now? I've noticed as well, he's been slagging himself off recently. I think he's actually having, you know, maybe self-harm issues. Yeah. 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 I think it's this inability to resolve his gayness. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, uh, he's really not reconciling that with himself no, at he's, all. he's not. Really? As much as, you know... Because he listens to Jason Mraz. Yeah. And he thinks, yeah, I don't know, he just thinks too much about these things. We're going to have to remove it from his record. New plan, we're going to forget. Yeah, you'll hear hear my response. Go go on the forum. Go on the forum and it's there. Sorry, this is the longest episode we've ever done. It It is, is, yeah, it's colossal. And this is why we didn't do it at half past three in the morning. Yes. We did do it at half past three in the morning. That's why it shouldn't have done. But there you go. Maybe we'll release it later as a lost podcast or something. But anyway, thank you very much for holding on for this last bit. I hope you enjoyed it. Go and watch watch the bats the few minutes. Last few minutes were amazing. I can't wait for you to listen to them. Excellent. Excellent. All right then. Okay. Thank you. See you later.